Live from the ACU of Texas Studios, this is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. Well, hello again and welcome to episode 26 of the Noise Reduction Podcast. I am your host or one of your hosts, Nelson Negron, president and wealth management advisor, Provident Oak Financial. And I'm here with the always amazing, wonderful, lovely, beautiful, stunning, gorgeous, my wife, Ree. <laughs> so that never gets old for me, but I'm wondering if our listeners are like, shush. I hope it would never get old. <laughs> Not if, for me. If, if it's getting old, then we have, we have bigger issues. <laughs> yeah. Then maybe it's been a really rough 18 years. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Rihanna Negron, and I'm the COO of Provident Oak Financial, and we're so glad you're here with us today. Um, we actually have a really cool special guest. So Jason, you want to say hello? Sure. Hey, everybody. I'm Jason. Be here. <laughs> and he has a last name. He I does have a last name. It. Yes, Jason Meyer. Yes. Yes, and he <laughs> is with Eventide. So, Jason, uh, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of insight on you and Eventide uh, as well? Sure. Yeah, so I'm Jason. Good to meet everybody out there. I work in the world of finance, specifically in investing, and I work with a company called Eventide. We are an investment company that's based in Boston. And we specialize in what is called values-based investing. And my day-to-day work is in an area that we call advocacy, where I am an advocate for considering your values whenever you're making investment choices. Very cool. Yeah, I had a whole Superman joke, but I'm not going to say You're that. not going to say like he's kind of like the Superman of the <laughs> investment world? I mean, pretty much, because you figure he's like this office Clark Kent in the day, and then he's this advocate by night. I'm just saying. Jason, do you fight crime at night? Is that- <laughs> <laughs> he's fighting for our values. There we go. All That's right. right. That's right. So yeah, so today we're going to do a, a little bit of an introduction to values-based investing. Uh, it's something that we've had a conversation with, uh, with many of our clients and prospects about uh, asking what it is, what it isn't. Um, how does it work? Those kind of things. So we want to we want to kind of give uh, everyone who's listening an introduction, um, so that way they can decide if it's something that they should maybe ask their financial advisor about. How's that sound, Jason? Perfect. I love it. All right. Yeah, we needed to bring in a professional. This is a serious talk. Are you saying I'm not a professional? No. <laughs> <laughs> no I know I'm not professional, Listen. but am I not a professional? That's kind of two different things. <laughs> we needed to bring in a serious professional. A serious. Pro- okay. All right, Jason. We got a professional professional, right? A professional professional. Exactly. There we go. All right. It's a whole new level. Oh, all right. <laughs> so, Jason, I guess we have to be serious. Yes. Because she said so. <laughs> all right. So, question number one uh, for you. So, when investors hear the term values-based investing, uh, what do most think and what is it actually? Yeah. It's a good, it's a good question. In fact, I had somebody... Uh, soliciting at my house uh, yesterday evening and he was asking me what I did for work and I started telling him about the world of mutual funds and I said we do values-based investing and I was asking him do you have any idea what I'm saying and he didn't and I and I feel like most people actually have no clue what they're hearing whenever they hear the term values-based investing sometimes it'll ring a bell for people and they'll think about something else entirely called value investing, Mm -hmm. which is a approach to buying 
cheap stocks, basically undervalued companies. Uh, but it's not that at all. And so what I what I think people hear is I think they hear what they hear when they think about investing, which is just a lot of a lot of noise. Uh, they don't understand, I think, the world of investing very well. And so values-based investing is kind of just on top of that. And so what I like to do when introducing this to people is just take a step back and kind of break down investing for a moment and just help people understand what we're talking about. And so I usually ask people to just um, think about investing for a moment, to bring it up in their mind, and to tell me what images they see uh, if they kind of watch that movie that plays in their mind. And usually you'll hear things like um, either about someone's goals or you know saving for retirement or putting a child through college, or they'll they'll talk about account statements and ticker symbols and charts and CNBC and Wall Street and these kinds of things. And uh, what what typically does not come up are uh, images associated with what investing really is, which is something much more like just owning companies and profiting from businesses. And so once I've gotten somebody to that place to think about investing as just profiting from businesses, then I'm able to kind of have a conversation with them about values-based investing to say, well, um, values-based investing is about profiting from businesses that you would feel proud to be associated with and to be participating in and to be an owner of. Um, you're proud to be profiting from their particular products and services and business activities. And so values-based investing is uh, a way to um, pursue returns by investing your money to grow your money over time, but to do so in ways that accord with your beliefs, your values, maybe your faith, your ethical commitments, the things that you hold dear in life, and to kind of bring those two worlds together, your values as well as your investments. Perfect. That was perfectly put. Yeah, that's that's good. You know, it's interesting because um, when you say uh, – owning companies and profiting from them, most people don't don't think about the ethical side of it and, and what uh, what can come uh, from that. Um, and, and maybe also, you know, kind of maybe to add to what you said is, is sometimes when they hear the the words uh, values based investing, they, they may be thinking that uh, we're just eliminating uh, ownership from certain areas or certain companies and maybe not not including things that that we agree with. Hmm. It's funny you can't see you can't see us because this is a podcast, but we're both sitting here shaking our heads as you're talking. Like, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. So, so what are maybe some examples that, or what are some common examples of of the way values based investing works? Um, what are maybe a couple of different? I know you kind of mentioned, you know, ethical or or according to your faith. Yeah. What are what are a couple of others? Yeah, yeah. So I, I like to think about values-based investing is having kind of three dimensions. Now, first, let me say, there's a lot of different terms out there that all kind of describe the same general idea, which is bringing your values to bear on your investment decisions. And so there's there's things like socially responsible investing, faith-based investing, values-based investing, um, social impact investing, uh, regular old responsible investing, 
moral investing, environmental, social, and governance investing, there are many, many terms on offer, and it seems like there uh, is no agreement or consensus as to which one uh, should be uh, the leading term or the preferred term. I like the term values-based investing because it roots it uh, in our personal values. So that's just a word about the term. But as far as the the examples or the various approaches on offer, I think it breaks down along three basic dimensions. And these are number one, avoid, number two, embrace, and number three, engage. So avoid is about, if you think about investing being owning a business, right? Profiting from a business. The avoid dimension entails asking yourself, okay, well, are there any kinds of companies that I do not want to become an owner of? Are there any things that I do not want to profit from? What are my non-negotiables? What are the things that I simply cannot in good conscience take part in? And so we can think about the negatives. Uh, We can think about things that we do not want to be associated with. And this could be related to a particular product like tobacco, a stream of revenue from, say, pornography or gambling or abortion. There's, There's a whole host of potential ethical concerns based on your values. And avoid is a way to kind of express that you don't want to own certain things. Embrace, the second dimension, is about stepping away from the negatives and moving toward the positives and saying, okay, well, what kind of companies do I want to own? What kinds of companies would I feel proud to be an owner of? Um, What kinds of companies are truly serving society and human flourishing, either through their, their products or their practices? And so embrace is, in many ways, I think the more exciting dimension. It is a way to positively express our values in our investment choices and to to actually seek to own, you know, a basket of companies that are well aligned with the things that we consider important. So that's embrace. And then finally, engage is, you know, once you're an owner of a company, you actually have a voice in that company as a shareholder. And so there are ways that you can even engage companies uh, to to help them improve even more in certain areas. And so this is um, something that is optional that people have the ability to do. Oftentimes, uh, asset managers or investment companies do that on behalf of their investors. We do this at my company. Um, and it involves, yeah, just working with companies when you see an opportunity to help them improve and you and you take it. And so avoid, embrace, and engage are the kind of three approaches that I see across the industry. And you know, certain firms will will specialize in one or the other. Sometimes they'll do all three, things like that. Okay, um, so something that it's often heard is that if you try to stick with your values when it comes to investing, it means the investor's gonna have to give up some potential returns or sacrifice their portfolio. Do you think that's true? Uh, yeah, this is a, I, this is, I get this question all the time. Um, this is one of the big questions. Uh, and I, the, the reason I think it comes up is you know, I think people kind of have this this spectrum in their mind where on one end of the spectrum they have investing, which is about getting a return. And on the other end of the spectrum they have they have philanthropy or charity, which is about giving money away to accomplish some social good, right? Mm-hmm. And so when they hear about values-based investing, they think it's somewhere in between. 
So, you know, you're, you're, you're doing some good with your investments. And so you're closer to the philanthropy side and you've moved away therefore from the pure investing side where it's all about, you know, maximum risk adjusted return. And so because you're somewhere in that middle space, it means you've given up some returns in order to accomplish some social good. And I think, you know, the whole space of values-based investing is pretty heterogeneous. And so there's like certainly going to be investments out there that are willing to take a lower rate of return to accomplish um, some admirable or worthy goal uh, for the world, uh, for our neighbor. Um, but I don't think that values-based investing has to be a trade-off decision between returns and values. And the the reason I say that is because there are lots of profitable companies out there in the world, and it's a choice between maybe rather than profitable company versus you know, not profitable company, you could choose between the more admirable of two equally attractive uh, companies from a finances perspective. So I can get into the weeds a little bit on this if you'd like, uh, but I, I, I don't think that one has to give up returns in order to pursue values. I certainly haven't felt that way in my work uh, over the years. And I think there are, there are many ways that you can aim for both an attractive competitive rate of return while at the same time seeking to implement your values along the way. Yeah, that's good. And, and you know, what, it, what's been interesting in our conversations uh, with people is, is you know, that question, question may come up. Uh, but then when we kind of dive deeper into that question and, and why they may be asking, we come to find out that they're really, uh, they're okay with that, even if that is the case. Yeah. And, and it may not even be the case, but they end up telling us, well, you know, if I have to give up one or two percentage points on return, I'm okay with that because I'm sticking to my values. Um, but uh, no, that's yeah. that's exactly right. There's, in fact, there's a one. Of, uh, there's a financial advisor. I like the way he puts it. When he talks to clients, he says, "Are there any values that you hold that are so important to you that you wouldn't want to compromise those values just to make a return?" And that, of course, opens up a conversation about, well, what do you mean? And tell me more and get into some specific examples. But at the end of the day, many of his clients say, you know what? Like, I don't want to profit from maybe something that's one of the, the negatives. Let's say they don't want to profit from um, pornography or something like that. It doesn't really matter to them if, if framed properly, if that means that they might forego you know, half a percentage point on return per year or whatever, whatever sacrifice, you know, may be involved there. They say, I'm perfectly happy to forego those profits because what's more important to me is actually living a life of meaning, integrity, wholeness, purpose, things like this. And that's actually uh, its own kind of value. And the only, you know, in other words, these people are typically expressing that financial value is not the only value they, they consider important. Yeah, absolutely. There's value in just feeling good about what you're doing. I mean, there's knowing what you're supporting and where your money's going or coming from. That's that's value. Absolutely. Yeah. So I know the answer to this question, but <laughs> I think you're going to explain it a lot better than I could. Uh, so what are the areas of and I, I like the way you keep kind of rephrasing it to from values based investing. I think we can kind of change it maybe to values based ownership, mm -hmm. um, but values based investing uh, does does even tide focus on how do you know what is your guys's focus yeah 
Yeah, so we have, I'll just tell you our tagline. Our tagline is investing that makes the world rejoice. And our goal um, is that we would be able to help people invest in companies whose activities are bringing about blessing and potentially even rejoicing in the world as a result of the work that those companies are doing. And so we have this decidedly positive focus at Eventide. And so you can see, if you go back to those dimensions I mentioned earlier, embrace seeking out companies doing good things in the world. That's obviously hugely important to us at Eventide. But of equal importance, in fact, as a first step for us, is that avoid dimension. So we are extremely careful on, and conscientious on the negatives. Uh, we actually have a huge list of things that we're, we are seeking to avoid when selecting companies for our portfolios. And so it's quite a high bar in terms of passing ethical standards in order to be considered for us. So there's, there's actually something like, last time I checked, it was about 267 negative screens, the things that we're avoiding before we even begin to look at a company positively. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And so, so we are, we are quite rigorous on that side of things. I think it ends up eliminating about 70% of, uh, of most large companies. And so, so we, we have a pretty restricted universe that we're looking at. And then within that universe, we're trying to find those companies that we feel like are making the world rejoice through their work. And so that's a, a little bit about what what we focus on at Eventide. Okay, and where would you say that that focus comes from? Like, kind of, what's the, you know, that that core value that uh, that focus comes from? Yeah, yeah. So, so we are uh, Christian faith based in in terms of if you were to kind of pull back the curtain and try to understand the philosophy that undergirds our firm. So even our tagline, investing that makes the world rejoice. Um, that was inspired by a verse in the book of Proverbs, a book in the Bible, um, which says, uh, this is uh, Proverbs 11.10. It says, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. And we like that because, you know, the, the righteous, from a, a Christian perspective, are those that would put the interests of others ahead of themselves. And so what that verse is basically saying is when those that would seek the good of their neighbor, when, when those kind of people, the righteous, prosper, what should be the result for the world? And the result for the world should be rejoicing, uh, great celebration, because you basically have a virtuous person who's lifting others up, who is living a life of, of great intention, seeking to bless others, and so that really inspires us. And we feel like uh, those who, who consider themselves the righteous when they invest, the world should be a beneficiary of that and, and not have it be that the world is kind of being exploited in order for, for us to make money. So that's, that's very, very important to us um, in terms of how we, we just see the world and think about investing. This also is one of the reasons why we're so careful on the negative side of things, uh, there there are just so many passages uh, throughout throughout the the Christian Bible that that talk about economic injustice and how the righteous are those that don't participate. 
Um, and, and we want to be very careful to not have any entanglements and things that we feel like either dishonor God or, or uh, take advantage of our neighbor. Yeah, I think we looked that up once. How many times is money mentioned in the Bible? Uh, money is mentioned in the Bible uh, more times than Jesus mentions uh, hell or sin. Okay, I remember we looked it up because somebody was curious. Yeah, it's like, it's like 2,300 times yeah. roughly. I believe so, yeah. Right, so you know, if, if it's that important to be mentioned in, in the Bible, I think it's uh, probably, probably a pretty important topic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah well, you, you know, feeling. yeah. And, you know, it's interesting um, when you talk about it, because going back to what we were talking about earlier about the returns and how we've had conversations with people uh, and they're saying and they tell us, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I'm willing to give up a little bit um, to hold to my values. Well, I think that really speaks to that verse in Proverbs, because it comes it, it just comes natural for people to say, I'm willing to do good and give up a little bit for myself. And, and I, uh, I think that's a perfect example of, of kind yeah. of how that, that works in this. And yeah. what we've been finding anyways in our portfolios is they're not even having to sacrifice. They're actually doing better. So I guess that says something too. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, so, something that I think is becoming more and more popular mm-hmm. uh, as, as more and more people uh, learn about it, learn what it is and how it works. Um, yeah. There's definitely studies out there that, that kind of show some of those things and, and, uh, um, we've been able to talk, talk with clients through that. Um, so, yeah. So what main questions do you think that an investor should ask their financial investor if they are interested in value-based investing financial advisor? I'm sorry. Yeah. uh, The main question that investors should ask their financial advisor, if they're interested in bringing up this topic with their financial advisor, Mm -hmm. is that right? Yes. That was a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think this it is important for people to to bring it up. Um, it is not always the case that that financial adv- that all financial advisors are up to speed on this. They've certainly heard about it, but whether or not they've they've done the research on their side to be prepared to talk about with with their clients um, is another is another story. So so you, I think it would be good for you as a investor to, to bring this up with your financial advisor. And um, yeah, I think you could just ask them, you know, um, I'm in, you could just say I'm interested in, in investing in line with my values. And is that something that you can help me with? And I think that you should be prepared to have a few things um, that you are interested in either avoiding or pursuing because that will help guide them toward different investments. For example, you know, if, if you are, are coming from a religious place and let's say you hold a conviction about, uh, the sanctity of life and life ethics issues in the healthcare space. So you may not want to profit from, um, abortifacients or embryonic stem cells or things like this. That's a pretty specific value, and not every investment is going to actually have uh, that value incorporated into their approach. And so I think you should have in mind a few of your highest convictions um, that you can kind of bring to the table and say, hey, this is who I am. I guess that's what I would say, too, is, you know, oftentimes clients do a good job of describing what their financial goals are with their 
financial advisor, but maybe they haven't had a conversation to say, hey, this is who I am at the core of my person. This is what I hold dear. These are my values and beliefs, and I want to live these out in the way that I use my money. And uh, I would be prepared to just kind of be a bit vulnerable and and let your financial advisor know what's important to you and that you want to see those values reflected in the way that you invest. And then that's going to be the most helpful for them to have a mandate that they can go out and and seek to fulfill. Yeah, that's just another reason we always say it's so important to have a financial advisor that you're really comfortable with so you can have those deep conversations because there's really a relationship there. They need to really know you to be able to invest for you. So, Yeah, it's it's definitely not just about money. No. Yeah. Yep. So yep. There's a, there's a saying, I don't know if you guys have heard it, but it's, it's basically that there, there are only three people that we will undress in front of. So one is our spouse, of course, two is our doctor, <laughs> three is our financial advisor. <laughs> undress there is being used in a metaphorical. I hope so. I would hope so. But, uh, <laughs> but it's true, right? The, right. The, uh, you know, as I as going back to my own beliefs, I mean, money is really bound up in the heart. That's that's that seems to be what what uh, scripture communicates is that uh, money is closely entwined with some of the, the things, the very core of our being. And so to divulge, um, you know, our relationship with our money to someone else it can be a very vulnerable thing. And so it does need to be a relationship of trust. This needs to be a person that you're not afraid to kind of be vulnerable in front of. And, and, and you know, even more than just kind of being honest about your spending habits, um, you know, being, being honest about what, what's important to you and, and how you want that reflected in your, in your investing. Yeah, it's amazing. We spend a lot of time when doing marital marital counseling more so than <laughs> investment <laughs> advice. So yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's interesting to to think about the number of times that we've had married couples uh, in our office, and we've sent have sent them a financial planning questionnaire, and they sit down. It's the first and with us uh, after filling it out, and it's the first time that they've ever discussed money, or they didn't even discuss the answers with each other before meeting with us. And, and so we're having to play mediator, uh, in, in that relationship, uh, to help them reach their, you know, their common goal. But, but yeah, no, that, that's, that's interesting. And, and we definitely hope that they keep uh, the undressing part to a, in a metaphorical sense, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> whenever they meet with us, you know, they can save that for their, their spouse and their, their doctor. <laughs> but all righty. Well, well, Jason, I think that, uh, that was a great introduction. Is there, is there, Anything that anything else about this topic uh, in general that, that you think people should probably know? You know, uh, there's certainly a world of things that we could talk about. I guess what I would just kind of leave people with is um, this is I think it's I think it's important. I mean, this is not just, I think, a niche thing in the industry of investing that is kind of a specialty product for those that want to seek it out. I actually think that how we how we earn our money in this life is is very important to living a life of virtue, and so I would I would just ask you to consider um, how well you know uh, the things that you're profiting from in your investments and whether uh, you desire to have um, the sources of your your 
your profits and your return come come from things that align with what you consider important. So I just uh, encouragement uh, that I, I believe this this does matter and to to press for for good answers there. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on to talk with us today. It was very nice to have you. My pleasure. It's great to be with you. You can close You want me today. to close us out today? I'll let you close You'll let me do it today. this time? Okay. I'm trying to be serious today. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you were very well behaved this See, time. See, I was very good. I'm, I'm proud of you. Just don't go listen to too many previous episodes, Jason. <laughs> oh, okay. I want to keep yeah, my... Now I, now I definitely will. Yeah. <laughs> keep my professional face up. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks, uh, thanks everyone, for listening. Uh, Jason, thank you again. And if you want to find out more about this topic and, and how uh, that might apply to your financial situation, please, at, by all means, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, you can email us at info at providentoak.com. Um, we're on Facebook as well. Uh, noise reduction podcast um, is on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, all the, all that good stuff. Uh, have any questions about this? Um, or, or even tied? Or even tied? Yeah. Uh, we can you know we can uh, maybe set up a phone call. We uh, might know guy. We we, <laughs> we may know somebody somebody or with even tied. You know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely feel 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 free to reach out to us um, or. A good financial advisor that you trust that you're comfortable with um that you're comfortable and dressing in front of yes metaphorically metaphorically yes we don't want to yeah yes. we don't have any of those instances that and you can just mention even tied to them and they can reach out as well so yeah all righty thank you so much for joining us and y'all have a blessed day take care Thank you for listening to the Noise Reduction Podcast. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Guest speakers and guest companies are not affiliated with or endorsed by LPL. Financial and Provident Oak Financial LLC. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All entities are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly.